Hi everyone, this is a special episode of the Pedal Podcast, which will be called the Pedal Podcast featuring the Pedal Company, which is from Via Verde's uh, company, which um, you might have heard in episode eight with him, uh, where we talk about how he got up to this um, decision, how he actually decided that uh, he wants to get on with it with this company. And uh, he has an unbelievable knowledge, as you've heard in in uh, pedal and uh, the professional world and who uses what racket and all this and that. So yeah, I think this will be a really interesting episode and I think it will be something which you will cherish a lot. So please do have a listen. The same applies. Please do give a like. If you want to listen to this, um, just just let me know, and um, I will try to um, to 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 work around that. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for everyone for the feedbacks. I really really appreciate it, and it uh, it gets me going. It keeps me going. So please carry on. Uh, if you like what I do, just just yeah, just give me a thumbs up somewhere. Thank you. Hi everyone. This is. Another special episode of the Pedal Podcast. This one is called, and we just came up with it with Fran Villaverde, who's with me today uh, again. And the reason for it is that we're going to do, hopefully we'll do um, a monthly episode of the Pedal Podcast featuring the Pedal Company because obviously that's uh, friends company and and uh, you know we we are really friendly with each other and and uh, friend knows so much about paddle that I asked him to feature on this um, on this monthly episode where we actually cover what's happening in in the pro pedal world friend told me that he wasn't really covering the last few weeks because he was uh, he was really really snowed under but look I have been and and he has such a, an unbelievable insight for for the professional game that I wanted to pick his brain and yeah, welcome, friend. Thank you for again accepting my invite. No, thank you for having me. It's always uh, it's always good to come back. Familiar faces. No, it was it was actually quite good. The, the The first episode, what we did together, you were a little bit worried that how you will feature. And to be fair, you absolutely crushed it. So it's it's great that you're back, and um, and I'm really happy that you know a, a guy who knows Vardy and that well as you do can actually talk about the first topic because um, I wanted to talk about the new pairing of Galan and John Sands. And I absolutely adore John Sands' racket and 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 I really like that he's a lefty. And to be fair, they lost in the quarters to Paquito Navarro and uh, Chingoto. And it's just, um, were you surprised that that happened? Look at, looking back over the games, I, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised because it was a, it was a, it was a late kind of a partnership that was formed. Um, so I think, you know, Galan and Galan and LeBron have been playing together for the last two years, I think. I can say confident as in on, on for two years and not really changing as much as, you know, Navarro, for example, who's changed partnership a couple of times. But I think it's it's taken some time to adjust. And I think that, that there's, like any partnership, you know, the, the communication's not as good as LeBron and, and Galan's together. And they really understand each other now, especially now that um, LeBron now switched over to the right and Galan on the left. So uh, I may, maybe it's a case of you know John Sands wants to play more of an attacking game on the left. I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It was quite an interesting one because I watched bits and bobs. I obviously watched the highlights. I couldn't watch it live, but I watched the highlights, and um, I've just seen that Galan was taking too many balls away from Sands. So I've just felt that he really wanted to dominate, which isn't really the case with LeBron. So LeBron and Galan pretty much takes 
the same amount of balls. Obviously, Galan is a more attacking-minded player than LeBron. LeBron has a a little bit stranger style. I don't know his background, but he's uh, he's not as not as clean as like Coelho, Tapia, Stupa, all these guys. LeBron's technique is a little bit more out of the ordinary. I would say. I don't know if if that's just me who sees that, but yeah. I, what do you think of that? I think that one of the one of the important things that I may have glossed over initially is that John John Sands is actually lefty. So I know I said earlier about wanting to play maybe more of an attacking game, but there's no point putting him on the left. So maybe having that, I don't know, you know, LeBron is a right-handed player. So maybe Galan is so cemented in his own ways that, you know, he goes for that center ball because it's on his forehand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, have that habit. So maybe, maybe it's just a hard habit to break. I mean, Lisa Phillips, if you ever listen to this, um, honestly, she'll vouch for me. I go, even on a backhand, I will take the ball away from her because I, I'm not, we haven't played enough games together to communicate. Love playing with Lisa. Like she's she's my she's my mixed partner, um, and we've had a, a fair amount of victories together and, and very few losses. But I think she'll vouch for me when I say this that I will ignore someone that I haven't played with that often and go in for the ball. Maybe, maybe it's a case of the you know the the adjustment and yeah, you've been playing if you've been playing for the last two years at a high level and training together with someone who doesn't have the forehand in the middle, you know, and and, and you and you do then. I don't know. I suppose there's there's always space for for mistakes in that sense, you know, because both both Galan and LeBron are right-handed. Yeah, I I just felt like with with Suns it was a good choice in many ways. Although Suns isn't that isn't necessarily the top tier of players, he he's like one behind the best players. I feel yeah. so he's he's like a top tenner. Don't get me wrong. He's he's definitely has the ability, but he he never really won, as I understand. He never really won like a Masters with anyone. So it, it was a it was a bit of a weird one, but what we spoke about is that it actually did a world of good for Varlian, didn't it? I think, yeah, what Varlian are trying to do and, and with my conversations with the, with the factory back in Spain is, is they really want to start pushing that kind of top tier athlete level. They've always been very focused on the up and coming athletes throughout, throughout the paddle world, kind of, um, uh, what was his name? Um, Leo Augsburger. I don't know if you followed him. It's yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before he was signed with, Knox, he was signed with Vardian, and then he was signed with Vardian for a number of years until Knox came along. And obviously, I do, I do believe that Mo that Knox is a lot more of a, I'd say, a more commercial company than Vardian. You know, they, 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 there are certain companies that just, that just lack that kind of, you know, commercialization view. So yeah, look, looking at that, I do think that it's, it's done, it's done good for Vardian. Whether or not he continues to be Galan's partner and, and participating on the stage there, you know, the, no one seems to watch the, no one seems to ever watch the earlier games, you know, the ones that the first of 32 kind of thing, the last 32 and the earlier stages, no one seems to ever watch that. So, yeah, I think, I think from a cut from a corporate perspective for Vali, and I think they should, you know, yeah, yeah, keep supporting the younger players, keep definitely because they are going to be effectively the future. I mean, John Sands, he's, he's what, born in the year 2000? Yeah, he's yeah. 23. You know, he's he's not he's not that much younger than me, and he's been with Valium for a number of years as well. And he's he's got he's got really really good statistics as well. I think he's got like a sixty-one. Don't quote me on this. I want to say it's between like sixty and sixty-three percent win rate, which I think is fairly decent for you know kind of ten and ten and below ranking. But I think yeah, Valium do need to start focusing a bit more on the top tier players. But like I said in the podcast the other week, it, it's so difficult to con you know to 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 compete with the likes of Bull Paddle. 
Knox, Head, etc. You know, they've got so much more capital to to, to invest into the players. Yeah, yeah, but if you know both both guys who are now really close to the top ten, uh, Yanguas and and Sons are, are are actually good, really really talented players, both of them. Um, and and when I just look at them, and obviously um, Yanguas has the the goat, literally the goat with Bella uh, next to him. Uh, it like you know. <sighs> Yeah, obviously, Bella is now lacking a lot of that free power. Like, Coelho is a cheat code. Like, he's he's now the undisputed world number one. And, and when you look at him, he looks like he's 12. And the natural power, what he has, is is absolutely insane. So we'll, we'll talk about Coelho and Tapia because that's just getting to the ridiculous stage now. They just won, like, I don't know, 10 tournaments in a row or something something silly. I think, like what you said, I think I think they've... Coelho and Tapia have hit the sweet spot, and and you know that they're, they're a partnership that really really works together. They're a, yeah they're a partnership that really really works together. They can they, like the communication they 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 talk without saying anything if that makes sense. Like they communicate with each other without actually talking. They know they they know how to read each other's moves. It, it, it's it's great to see that sort of thing. I wish I had that sort of level of communication. Those <laughs> yeah, who play with you don't you don't yeah. practice that much as they do. I think so. That's that's definitely not something. We just uh, talked about it off air that the last time you played properly was five weeks ago. So I, I I do really tell you off because of that. But I know that you will be back on the courts anyway. I hope so. I hope so. Sooner sooner rather than later. But yeah, like you mentioned on something quite interesting earlier about you know Mike Yang was playing with Bella. I think that is I think almost a, what almost. Every single kind of top player has 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 spent some some games with Bella. You know, I, I'm I'm ninety percent sure, ninety nine percent sure that Tapia and Bella were playing about a year and a year and a half ago. Uh, there's a couple of other players in the top ten that have that have had Bella as a partner. Sanyo and Bella were were a strong partnership at one point. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, Bella's Bella's getting older. The new generation's coming in. The you know, Bella plays a completely different paddle to to the new generation. I find the new yeah. generation just like hits everything out of the ball like that's what i'm saying like uh it just came up to me and that will be the the name of this episode that uh Kueyu is uh paddles holland <laughs> erling holland because he's a cheat code and he's and and funnily enough uh erling holland is is a lefty as well like he's he's left-footed and Kueyu is a left-handed giant and he's absolutely crushing everyone and he has the feel as well that's why it's a cheat yeah, he's he's just he's just next level, I think. Um, but then again, you're seeing it across all sports. You know, these these players, they're they're just. I mean, excuse the cringe use of language, but they're just a different gravy to what 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 we've been accustomed to. Yeah, throughout the years, it's changing so much, especially with the technology and the rackets now. Like the the advances that we've seen in certain products are just. You know, I remember I remember playing with a a paddle lot that belonged to to my mother ages ago. Like it was white and white and blue with the paddle for those of you who don't know paddle love paddle love was one of these brands that kicked that started up in like the early 90s maybe um and quickly went bankrupt into the early 2000s just because they didn't keep innovating i think i think that i think that's where where it lay but um but yeah i remember playing with this racket and it felt like playing with a plank of wood you know and then all of a sudden you started seeing like the higher level the, the more accessible rackets you know start showing up with carbon fiber and so on so so yeah i think paired with Paired with where the people are, um, how the players are playing, and the technology that's available to them, I think I think that the performance is going to be a lot, well, a lot more entertaining. To be completely honest, same same as with football. If you look at the pace of a two thousand and four game, you know the technologies of the balls, the 
the the trainers, the trainers, the football boots, cleats, or whatever you want to call them. Um, even the even the the quality of the grass, you know, it, it it's changed completely. You know, from the two thousand six World Cup, for example, to this year. And I I don't know if you remember, it was the Jabulani ball. I think from the was it two thousand. My football knowledge is terrible, but I'm assuming it's two thousand and ten. I think it was the South African World Cup, so it has to be. I think twenty ten. Yeah, that was yeah. that was what it was. Everyone seemed to complain that that ball was too light. Yeah, you know, and obviously it's because they they complicated the structure of the ball and and. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that that naturally the innovation is going to keep going. So that that's that's where I'm interested in. Uh, that's your, that's definitely that's definitely your topic. And and you know when when you when you say um, like um, I, I when I spoke to Andy Catchpole a couple of weeks ago, I, I told him that I really like heads sponsorship uh, methods and sponsorship line on what they do because they obviously have Ari Sanchez and and uh, Paula Jose Maria and. Um, and they have Arturo Coelho. So they have literally the top three world number ones at the moment because Coelho just became world number one a couple of weeks ago when uh, Tapia uh, couldn't uh, compete with Coelho. That was, I think, that was the Brussels Open, which Stupa and Veneno won. And, um, and I mean, I was really happy to see them win it because they so deserve Masters titles, Stupa and Veneno, because... What you said about communication, I feel that with Stupa and Dideno, that they they are literally communicating without actually looking at each other. And that's, at the moment, that's the best two pairing, because until uh, LeBron comes back, but uh, there was on his Instagram, that there was this message that now he knows what the problem was, so they can actually start on working on it, on um, on, on getting him healthy again. So happy days, um, hopefully in a couple of weeks, which is not the best for Vardian, but hopefully in a couple of weeks, um, uh, LeBron will be back with Galan. Yeah, I think so. I do think so. It was like the 22nd, 20-something of July at the Malaga Open, I think. Um, I might try and escape to go and watch that. I think it'll coincide with coming back at the Malaga Open, which I think is a nice venue to come back onto. Honestly, <laughs> great, great time to do so as well. Shortly after my birthday, oh, I'm going to escape down there, believe me. Oh, I'll yeah. be there. In a flash. Let's do. Let's do that. Let's go. <laughs> but no, it's um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for LeBron to come back. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's he's such a good. They're such a good pairing to watch. And I need. We need to get more. You know, Tapia Coelho against Galan and LeBron. Like, they, oh they yeah, have... I mean the the match. I don't know if you watched it, but the match was absolutely epic. Which uh, which happened um, a month ago uh, between uh, Coelho and Tapia against LeBron and uh, Galan. And it went to a final set tiebreak, and they just absolutely played out of their minds. And that was that was when uh, Tapia claimed the uh, world number one spot because they won in the end. And that was just unreal. That was that was something which is which is for the for the record books. And and you know what? That was just unbelievable. I think that was in Denmark, wasn't it? That was that was the Danish Open. Or now I'm mixing up because I, it might have been in Brussels, and I think the Danish Open was won by by um, Stupa and then Dinano. I'm pretty sure that was that was how it it was because uh, the Brussels Open was before, and that was the crazy crazy match between these four guys. And look, I'm all up for this uh, all all up for this rivalry because they last year I remember LeBron and Galan weren't at all touched so they won everything they they faced they beat everyone and this year it has been Coelho and Tapia and they really need to get 
something going as well. And Tapia is a little bit injured and he's still crushing everyone. It's, it's great. Um, other topic which I wanted to mention is that uh, that's one of the new pairings, Galan and Sanz. And that's great to see. And, you know, it's really good for the sport that Galan isn't just like sitting out, that he's actually playing. He has the new metal bone, which is looking stunning. We spoke about it just um, off air as well, that it looks really, really nice. But also the other thing which I wanted to mention is that Gemma Triai um, just... Um, yeah, I don't know if, if she dumped Salazar or what has happened, but now she's playing with um, Ortega. Any thoughts? I, I, not massively, if I'm honest. Like I said, I've been out of playing paddle for about five weeks recently. I've had my head buried in a mountain of work, but Martita Ortega seems to be, or continues to be, my favorite female player. Just the way she moves around the court, the way she plays, I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Huge fan of it, and she's a good sports person as well, which is which is massive for me anyway. When looking at that, so I don't know what the ins and outs are of the relationship there. And uh, do you know what? I wish I had the inside track on everything that went on, or everything that goes on within the paddle world. But sadly, I don't at the moment. So, unfortunately, listeners, I can't give you any uh, juicy gossip. I'm pretty sure you will. Next time when we when we gather together, uh, I will ask you to to uh, to get all your all your inside info, and then we will be the first ones to hear. But yeah, so um, this week on the French Open, which will start on the 14th of sorry, that's next week actually in the French Open, which will start on the 14th of June. Triai will play with Martita Ortega, which is great, and obviously there's going to be Sanchez and Jose Maria, which also uh, means a lot. They had one of the easiest tournaments to win, uh, Sanchez and Jose Maria and Marbella, because that was that that was last week's tournament, which is your hometown. So uh, it's a shame that you couldn't go. But but a lot of lot of uh, our um, common acquaintances like uh, Roscoe Miller, Seb Gard Gordon, and all those guys were there. So it was um it, it was like um a sort of a, a bonanza of 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 all the all the known um pedal people in 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 the UK, and uh, yeah, it was obviously as we as we mentioned, uh, Tapia and Coelho won, uh, in the final against. Funnily enough, because that's that was that was a big surprise that Stupa and Dineno lost, um to um, Paquito Navarro and. And Chingoto. So they lost in, in a third set. I think it was 6-4. Um, they beat Dineno and Stupa. And then they lost the final really easily. It was like 6-2, 6-3 or something like that to Tapia and Coelho. But as I say, Coelho is at the moment, he's he's a worthy world number one because it's just unreal what he's doing. We we talked about it, that that the power, the touch, the quickness, the the awareness, the uh, the flair, he has everything. He's he's like, I don't know if if he's a prototypical new generation player, but he's he seems miles better than uh, than you know anyone else I've seen on a pedal court. Yeah, I think it's a new generation again. I think there's there's going to be different ways of playing. There's going to be you know different trainings or different more. Yeah, I'd say even more training. I think Sa Sandy from the Paddle School had a great workout program um, for paddle players. You know, so so shout out to him that I followed. I mean, something that I need to do is yeah, you can go to the gym and do bicep curls and so on. But yeah, one thing that I need to do is strengthen all of my ligaments and increase my speed. So I think now that there's more education on the performance and and maybe even performance analytics for the sport, I think that is going to be 
way more beneficial for the players to kind of you know find out where they can improve, where can they be quicker, how can they generate more power. Uh, like equipment, equipment aside, I do, I do think that an athletic person will do well in the sport. But but then again, Coelho just has like a combination of everything. I, I don't know how he does it. I don't I don't know his height height precisely. I will I will quickly do this. Like one nine six, but let me let me double check because I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, he's uh... guys one the guy's a meter ninety and he's picking stuff up from the floor. Yeah, yeah, and he's also like the one thing that I've always struggled with is picking low balls up, and it's only because I don't bend my knees. Yeah, I walk around I walk around like an ironing board on the on the court, and it's it's something that it's always been. Something that I've wanted to work on, but yeah, I think I think Koyo's, Koyo's ability to to pick it up from kind of all the way down at the bottom of the court. And by the way, something that I forgot to mention, and let's not forget that Koyo did actually come from the Valian Academy back in 2017. See, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know why he why he changed the head. He should have stayed with the uh, Valian again. Head probably offered a better contract, you know, in the in the, in the bigger commercial. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because um I I might have touched uh, on that one, but I'm 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 trying to uh, sort out um, a professional tennis players contract and 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 he only just uh, really likes to play with Babolat and um, and I think there's the same thing in paddle as well and we we talked about it many times that to to have a racket which is which is worth it or a bat or you can call it whatever. Um, is is actually quite hard but you know with with these pro players they can pretty much like replicate some part of the mold so even if if uh, if he really liked um the varlian yeah obviously you cannot really have the uh, airflow system um and 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 all this and that in in a head because that one is varlian's unique system yeah. Uh, what do you think of that, by the way? Does it work? Does it actually make it a lot easier to maneuver the racket? I think it move. It definitely moves through the air quicker. I you there's no there's absolutely no denying it. It moves through the air so quickly, and when you do give it a whack, it whistles. So it does make a big difference. Um, the only thing that I find with it is, I mean, I'll fully I'll fully own up to it. Is I am not consistent enough with the racket. So for, for for that one with the airflow center, you need to be getting it bang on in the center, 10 out of 10, every, every single time. Yeah, it needs to have a 100% accuracy rate in order to make the most out of the racket. I played with um, Nikhil Mahindra the other day, and he borrowed the Valian Maxima. And the stuff he was doing with that racket was just outrageous. Like the the the, the Bordes that he was that he put in, I think like three points into the game was just obscene. Um, so obviously a player of that, of that caliber, I think, is able to maneuver that record a lot player than, than a lot better than a player like myself. And I think that's that's kind of downplaying it a bit. But I think there's yeah, the, I don't think we're there yet with player specific records. Um, I do think that's going to come in soon in terms of like the really, 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 really custom records. Um, as an example, when I was younger, uh, and and you know, if I see anyone doing this, I know for a fact you heard it here first. Um, I used to put a, a, a bit of blue tack on the bottom of the racket, just uh, like at the bottom of the grip underneath. And I used to put five cent, 20 cent or 50 cent coins on to bring the weight down onto the racket. So, and if I wanted to bring the weight up on my racket at the time, I'd put lead tape over the top to make it a lot heavier. Um, so I was really fiddling around with the customization of my rackets, even if it was like, like ghetto style, like, 
not even ghetto style, like MacGyver style of um of editing. But no, it was I, I think I think that you know we are almost there with paddle rackets. Yeah, the, the metal bone the metal bone does have the little screws, but I everyone that I speak to that has them, they say I can't really tell the difference. You know, yeah, they probably do make a difference. But is it enough for your for your average player? That's the thing. The average player to be like, oh wow, okay, I, I this this makes a huge difference. So I think we're probably a year or two away from actually getting, you know, the same as you get in tennis. You know, the 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 records that the pros use, and and do tell me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but the records that the the pro, for example, the Federer's pro staff at one point wasn't the 250 euro one that you could buy off the shelf. It was a completely different racket. They just so, labeled. So it. exactly, Federer is is um, is not the best um, best example because Federer's racket was always the closest to what he actually plays with. For example, the 97, what he he was using the RF 97 is exactly the same mold as what he's using. So that is uh, that's why it was a little bit more expensive because that was the closest to a pro stock you can get. But for example, that's why I always say like uh, Djokovic, Djokovic's racket, like literally not even on the same page. He's using a, a reticle mold and, and he uses the Speed Pro Cosmetics. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's like the best uh, best example. But you're right. Um, that's that's how it is. And I don't know how how that works in paddle. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about it. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they can just like literally, if let's say I don't know, they're using a Maxima, they can just repaint it um, to to something else if they want. But I don't think I don't, or to a born, for example, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think, um, for example, Sans would like he picked up that. And and I and I'm pretty sure that it's exactly the same racket as you can like get off the shelf. Yeah, precisely. Like and the same with Mike Angus's one as well. Like the Mike Angus one and the Bourne, then the standard Bourne, the one that's like um, it's like a limey green and blue, really good looking racket to be honest. But they're they're the same. They're the same underneath. It's just that Mike Angus's one is a black face and a like a rose gold, not not even rose gold. I'd call it copper. Valian logo on the front, whereas the the actual standard one looks standard. But they're they're exactly the same racket inside out. They're just different branding, but that's exactly what I want to see. Then, honestly, I want to see, you know, the special editions, you know, the the actual. Let's you know, let's make the grip a centimeter longer. Let's make the the the, the hitting face slightly smaller because these guys are so consistent. You know, let's make the grip slightly longer, hitting face slightly smaller, make it more top heavy, make it even lighter in general, but make it more top heavy. Oh, I don't know. There's so much, there's so much things, there's so many things you can do with the racket. But then again, I said this to someone the other day, paddle rackets haven't had time to like the high level rackets haven't had a lot of time to A, innovate that much with the growth of the sport. And B, they haven't had time to to cheapen, really, like cars. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like cars yeah. Are. I mean, I, I think it, it it all goes sound down to the fact that literally tennis rackets have been evolving. Let's just put it the graphite rackets have been evolving for the last 40 years with with before that the aluminium rackets and whatnot. But but let's just let's just focus on the graphite rackets. The funny part is that which they use, like for example, Thomas Muster used um a pro tour, like the original pro tour from HAD. And a lot of pros still use that mold to this day. So that's that's the funny part is that yes, technology evolved in tennis, but graphite 
has been the thing ever since. Yeah, you can mix it up with different things. For for example, Tuaron is is um is a material which which a lot of lot of rackets were using. And 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 if you see if someone isn't uh, signed up with a contract, they use a lot of uh, Prince rackets, and the Prince rackets have the Tuaron end, and that's a really really good material to mix it with. But when I when I started to to get into the the pedal like rackets and and uh, started uh, testing them. I can definitely feel, and what you said about the uh, the Varlian is is that they they do work like um like a steering wheel at high speed. So when you when you hit it with with like velocity and and a lot of power, the smashes they do react to it. So yes, now now I think it's it's not a million miles away uh, for pedal bats because now the technology is obviously a lot higher and than what it was 20, 30 years ago. So they can evolve every year to a certain extent, and then it will stall because there's not going to be that much what you can do every time. But everyone is starting to, to do a little bit different. And that's why it's funny, uh, the the comparison between Varlian and let's say Prince, because Prince did the 03, which was the, which was the holes in the frame, and the airflow is a, is a little bit similar, although the effect is is totally different because the O3 made the sweet spot bigger, the airflow makes it smaller. So it's, yeah. it's funny that way. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's what I mean about being consistent. Like, I'd, I'd love to consider myself as a consistent player, but quite frankly, I simply am not. I'm not so... Because you're not playing. That's why, because you're I'm not playing. Weeks. I know. I know. It's so annoying. Like, believe me, I miss it. Um, the one thing I did, I, I've been realizing recently that when I did play a lot of sports previously i slept better i mean even in my article that that came out on the pedal paper i did i did go on about how how many benefits the pedal actually gave me as opposed to you know not 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 even from you know a, a, a fitness perspective but in terms of like well-being i was sleeping a lot better but recently since i haven't played i've actually been finding that my like my whole circadian rhythm has, has, has shifted so i'm i'm much more active in the evenings and less active in the mornings it's because i'm not playing those 6 a.m games with um with Michael, Emil, Tom, all the guys from Fabio, especially all the guys from Harbor Club, but but yeah, I I want to consider myself a more um I'd love to consider myself a a, a consistent player, but like I said, with these high level stuff, like I simply can't do it. I'm not good enough for them, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, what can I say with eight months of pedal? So uh, yeah, um, but but I, I I do get it, and we we actually talked about it that we might feature it together in a tournament. We'll 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 see about it. I think for sort of a teaser, because what we want to do, I mean, I, I was I was uh, saying it to Fran that the the plan is to cover the pro tour. This was sort of just um just a teaser on on what's to come. We want to talk about all their gear, what they're using, what shoes they're using, um, what sort of result hap results happened in the pro game, who won what. Uh, we talked about that obviously there's new pairings, which is not too common because usually it's not like tennis. It's, it's usually the same pairing which goes into the same tournaments. Um, so that's what we want to do, hopefully monthly. We'll we'll see if if we can actually fit that one in. But altogether... I think this is something which which hasn't been really covered before in the world of paddle. 
and there's definitely room for it. So um, if you would like to hear more of this, um, please let us know. Either one of us are, are more than accessible uh, over uh, social media sites. And, um, and, and we're really happy to, to talk about any sort of topic, as you know, and as you've heard in, in Friends special, no, that, that wasn't the special episode. This is the special episode, the Friends episode, that he knows a lot about um, paddle rackets. I do know a lot about tennis rackets, but that doesn't matter at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, altogether, uh, what I just wanted to say is that Fran has been absolutely snowed under. That's why we waited that long for the first of the special episodes, but that will be a topic, that will be a, um, a recurring theme. So please let us know if, if you would like to hear more of this content. But in the meantime, I do thank you, friend. I do really appreciate that you uh, you found the time. I know that it has been crazy, crazy, crazy for you. And from here on in, uh, let's see each other more often. Definitely, definitely. I will come down to Bristol and pay you a visit. <laughs> let's do that sounds okay. good well thanks for listening everybody On thank you take care everyone see you bye